0: The Seattle Suckers Report. Is that what we say (laughs) for the Patreon? You
1: know, I always forget um, that we say something. We can say anything we want now that we have buried Colin at sea, uh, much in the manner
0: uh,
1: of Osama bin Laden.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And now uh, with Colin gone, uh, this show, which used to be a tight. Uh, orchestrated concept is now like freeform jazz, baby. Uh, which is improvising. Yeah, (laughs) letting it happen
1: from here on out. You know, we're just gonna um, you know, you're gonna text me and be like, you want to record now, and we'll just riff. You know.
0: Mm Hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Uh. So. Yeah, uh as you guys have guessed, Colin is dead. Um, I am still safe from the coronavirus, but for who knows how long. And uh we got Gerg in Iowa at an undisclosed uh safe house.
1: Yeah, I'm actually um in my car on the street in a West Des Moines neighborhood. Uh taking a quick break. Um at the well, it's really the end of my uh door knocking day here um to call into uh my favorite Seattle based podcast Seattle sucks uh i guess i will give you a quick update uh you know like i was saying um on the the main app um you know trump voters are not really our focus right now at all um and uh, st- personally strategically i think we don't need them but you know i ran into two today and had two fa- like very different experiences I, um, knocked on the door of this very, you know, low information, pretty disconnected retired, uh, woman in an apartment, you know, um, this is, you know, you know, a, this is not a wealthy woman. This is someone working, living off, um, $200 a week in social security and, um, her husband a retired vet, um, you know, uh, GI benefits or whatever. And. You know, we got to talk and I went through the program and, you know, she had voted for Trump, but, you know, thought, well, uh, he's, you know, a, a dirty liar and she just, you know, couldn't, she just voted for him because he was the, he was not Hillary Clinton, essentially.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: um, and now she is committed to caucus for Bernie. So, um... That is uh, how it goes out here. Uh, you know she's gonna we're gonna she's gonna be getting some reminder. I got a commit to caucus card from her. She's gonna be getting some reminder calls and texts. Make sure we get her out there. Um, but uh, that was one. Well, that's the that's the the good side of it. And um, next, I'm gonna tell you about the fun side. Uh, I went to a much wealthier. Um, like development of uh, single-family homes, uh, new cookie-cutter, fucking ugly, um, barren development, and uh, knocked on a door where I had an, as usual, like a name of a like twenty-year-old who is either the kid or um, someone who just doesn't live there anymore. I don't know because as soon as this fucking mustached like tubby waddling, uh, retiree like jiggled to the door and (laughs) opened it. And I opened my mouth. He just started barking at me. Like, I'm not going to talk to you. Get, get, uh, like as if like, as if letting me get a word out would, um, like constitute like a conjuring, a magic spell, that i would like uh turn him into a bimbo or something and um <laughs> or uh and he's getting i i insisted on you know i'm of course standing there a uh, completely unflappable and i continue to talk to him i'm like well sir does this blah 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 live here uh and he's just yelling at me and i was like okay well <laughs> I, and he's like no that part no he finally is listening and i'm like well we will um We'll mark that down that this person isn't here, so we don't bother you again. He's still just like get get off my porch, car Phone, and I I just told him, uh, uh, sir, you're a very rude man, and I will be on my way. I will be on my way in the name of communism, and
0: uh,
1: yeah, he slammed the door in my face, but uh, that was fun.
0: Yeah. Uh well he was uh he knows that you might use your big city ways on him and cast a spell, in which case he'll be able to correctly pronounce the name of Bony Bear. So he's definitely, <laughs> definitely trying to avoid that. Uh, okay, well, maybe I should
1: cast that spell on you, Brian, because. Uh, <laughs> <I don't... laughs> you whiffed that one. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, sometimes yeah. you just gotta take a swing at it and uh, hope for the best. Um,
1: yeah. I may say my
0: pronunciation's correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my
1: god yeah so uh that's been my day um of course i've nice. you know, also signed up a bunch of people to caucus and even volunteer but uh you know a good time.
0: well of course greg we um we sent you to the safe house in iowa uh to get you away from the coronavirus naturally you're our, our podcast lone survivor right you take over the podcast at the event that me and Colin die um yeah to make sure it continues on.
1: Uh, it hasn't made it to the interior yet.
0: But, uh, the other reason why we sent you away too, was that little do we know, but a mere 24 hours after you left the city of Seattle, it would collapse into a pure, uh, Madame Maxian chaos downtown. Uh, the dam finally broke. Uh, and now the downtown is the hellscape that, uh, uh, I guess Como has always wanted it to be.
1: Yeah, well, that's really telling the way you phrase that, actually. Um, because, as of course, we're talking about the shooting, uh, you know, a shooting downtown between two people that injured something like seven, right? Um, and mm. what's interesting, you know, you said, like, this place is, this has finally become the, like, you know, crime-ridden, violence-plagued hellscape that Ari Hoffman is insisting has been insisting it is for two years and what's funny about that is like uh fuck I got a text from my mom checking to see if I was alive because there had been a shooting (laughs) in Seattle and when I didn't respond in time uh, she made my sister text me as well um (laughs) I should have said okay boomer but um I was actually uh kind of nice about it uh because i guess my um uh, heart is filled with the spirit of uh the movement we're building out here but um i mean what is telling about this is that the fact that this is such a fucking huge story like this blew up like it's this incredible thing that went down like it's like it was a fucking terrorist attack um and we're talking about yeah i mean it's look it's a serious thing it's awful that um that it happened it's awful that people were fucking bystanders were hit but the fact that this blew up and is still now being just is dominating a lot of um coverage and discourse in seattle pr- pretty thoroughly fucking illustrates that generally speaking there is no fucking crime in seattle we violent crime is a major like of this type that, you know, like, um, this is the sort of sensational kind of violent crime um, that uh, is sort of insinuated to exist and be a major problem by, um, you know, yeah, Eric Johnson and Como, Ari Hoffman, you know, more obliquely, just this general vibe in um, the Seattle Times when they talk about the fear of crime. Um, This is the kind of crime, you know, that uh, is hinted at in all these kinds of uh, venues when they is insinuated when what they're actually citing is statistics about Mm -hmm. general crime that is mostly like shoplifting and shit. But it's always in this tone that insinuates that our problem is violent gang crime and like MS-13 drug cartels like. Uh, shooting up uh, safe houses and shit, um, and the fact that this is such a huge story, <laughs> I think, and is so shocking here, um, or the there, I should say, in Seattle, uh, is a case of for for those people, for the right wing psychotic suburbanite shitheads in Seattle, this will be a a uh confirmation bias like event for them right but what we can take away from it is like this clearly is it's just so like illustrates that this is a major aberration you know
0: yeah well it's something that uh they've desperately been hoping for for a long time yeah. and don't let them ever convince you otherwise but yeah i thought that um just to give you a taste, since you've been out of town, of uh, what we're dealing with, because we're now starting week two of uh, Full Scale Panic, uh, I'm going to read some just you know, bits and pieces oh, from the Seattle wait. Times editorial board's uh, editorial on it. Yeah, um, so I know that you tried to downplay this, but you know, from them, people cowered in a coffee shop, fled to the transit tunnel. Or lay bleeding in front of the McDonald's on a gritty stretch of Third Avenue well, listen, that's been I mean, problematic for decades.
1: Yeah, well, Wednesday's listen, I mean, Mash. You know, <laughs> that, I'm sure that's all true is a thing, and that I don't. I'm not trying to downplay this event. You know, this is look. This is a scary thing. It's bad. A lot of people got hurt.
0: Oh um, sure.
1: It's just that you know in a city that had the kind of violent crime that is insinuated um when what we're really talking about is like trash on the street um this wouldn't have been that big a story right like this would have been a one one even news story in a in you yeah. know the kind of uh dystopian uh overrun metropolis that we're led to believe You know that said, like, look, this is this is uh, it is it should be a real story. It is big news. It's that it's going. The problem is it's going to be used in by like the reactionary element in media in Seattle as a confirmation bias event where they say you know it's going to be this thing that you can point to um, that uh, means you know we need to somehow will be how the all the evidence we need to like deport um all the homeless to internment camps and you know i double the size of the spd etc mm-hmm. etc cetera, et cetera. when i know i don't actually know anything about if anything has come out about the the um alleged shooters themselves or what the beef was here or what but like anything else like you know um i'm certain that i would be able to find a way to connect it to our larger larger like structural social problems
0: yeah um when i think uh right in the first line at editorial two it kind of gets at what you're saying that this is uh i would say the times using this event very cynically uh which the very first line is that Wednesday's mass shooting in downtown Seattle should be a tipping point forcing Seattle and King County to finally address the area's safety and civility problems. So fuck me.
1: I mean, there you are right there. (laughs) Fuck (laughs) off. God damn it. Okay, so finally address, as in, yeah, like I've been saying, this is this ongoing problem of violent crime, but then... Tying it in to wait, what? What was the sentence? The
0: it was what and Uh, civility? Oh, they're safe. The area safety Safety, and civility problems.
1: Safety, and then you they give away the game by tying safety to civility. So what we know what they're really talking about is yeah, is um vagrants. You know, they're talking about the dirty homeless people who are uncivilized on our streets and uh, are unsafe to be around, and this is somehow connected to that, you know? The civility thing really gives away exactly what they're trying to do there.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think one, uh, my parents did not call to see if I'm okay, so uh, they either... Are blissfully unaware of this happened or don't care but uh I will say it's probably the blissfully unaware because really in America this is not really even a mass shooting event that would require news right like just no, I'm just sure a good idea of idea kind of where we're at like it sucks but like uh to pretend like you're living in some unique hellhole is uh really pretending right but I want to read two paragraphs back to back for you Greg' oh, go ahead all uh, right
1: well I mean I want to say on that like yeah it's that says it all right there. You know, if this was, if you could connect this to the, such that it is possible to connect this to our general wave of mass shootings in this country should be evidence that it is a part of to the extent that that can be done at all. um, Legitimately, it can only be evidence that this is a part of larger um, like, structure level problems in our culture including specific things like our fucking gun culture and gun laws so but i'm guessing they're not anything about that
0: no well i'll uh, let you know what they're caring about here in a second so i want to read two paragraphs back to back the first is going to be from the seattle times uh the second is going to be from friend of the show who agrees with everything we say charles medini okay and um And I think that these two just really are uh, a great side-by-side, right? So this from the Times... The incident was the act of criminals with a brazen disregard for bystanders. But Seattle's political establishment shares some responsibility for allowing criminal activity along 3rd Avenue to fester and become a magnet for troublemakers. The establishment enables a justice system that allows criminals to repeatedly harm others with little consequence. City Hall hasn't adequately prioritized the safety of people downtown and in other areas with serious drug-related crime problems.
1: Okay, I mean, so this is broken (laughs) windows, basically. This is saying that because we have a general safety and crime problem, which, again, is not shootings that are happening on any regular basis, it's they're talking about homeless people and other fucking, you know, uh, quality-of-life crimes, quote-unquote um they're saying that that d- led to a shooting in this particular plagued neighborhood the downtown area where everything happens you know the a hub for literally anything that goes mm-hmm. on in the city um
0: oh yeah. yeah well and i'll pair this now with uh, charles woodney's writing or yeah. you know uh, article on this So he talks about how the one thing that you'll notice about this area at Third and Pine is that's one of the last areas in the city where, like, uh, young black people hang out, right? And so he says, for years, the city has tried to get rid of these young black loiterers. They have coded them as drug dealers and gang members. At one point, the McDonald's on the corner of Third and Pine even tried piping country music onto the street. When that did not work, it tried classical music. Much of the outrage directed at the, sh- <laughs> yeah, much of the outrage directed at the shooting on Wednesday concerns the fact that this island of quote criminality or black youth has been permitted to persist in the first place. Black youth are no longer congregating at 21st and Madison. Uh, they have been removed from 23rd and Union. They are moving from 23rd and Jackson because of emphasis patrols. Uh, why on earth are they allowed to be at the center of the city the center of some of the most spectacular real estate investments in the history of the state
1: yeah i mean uh that kind of says it all right there i mean uh you know telling that a little telling that that isn't uh is immediately the lens through which i looked at it but i mean um i'm gonna trust uh budidi's take on this that um that this is specifically a racial um a Mm -hmm. racially coded response here uh that's really fascinating and fucked up that and it makes perfect sense i mean this is uh uh, it's the same we were just saying but you know with a a racial angle and what we're really talking about here is the methods of gentrification you know the the crime panic the crime insistence that crime is overwhelming us um whether we're talking about um the revulsion uh of caused by the homeless and the detritus of their like broken lives or of uh just young black men like daring to live in the city and be outside on a fucking street um, existing while black in Seattle. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, this is, this is a tool of, this is a brutal, uh, and merciless, uh, like tool of gentrification, you know?
0: Yeah. And I, and you know, for your consideration and for the audience's consideration, uh, That was actually the second shooting in downtown uh, that day, right? Uh, There had initially been an earlier one, and during the beginning of the panic that was being ginned up last Wednesday, uh, people kept saying there was two shootings in downtown on the same day. Uh, Then it slowly came out that the first shooting was actually cops who were trying to do some sort of drug sting. Uh, It just started... Oh, just started opening fire on a car in the middle of Belltown, uh, just at like noon, you know, in the middle of the day.
1: So that's amazing. I had heard it was, um, I had heard about that. It was a, a officer involved shooting. I knew it was the cops that, that shot someone, but the fact that, uh, you know, you know, if, well, first of all, if it's a sting, Something they set up and they end up shooting at someone, that means they have fucked it up. Like, oh, yeah. Badly, you know? But what's funny about that is just like, I, guess, I don't know. I'm just, I suddenly, I'm painting a picture in my head of, of some dumb cops fucking up what they think is a brilliant drug sting and ending <laughs> up. Did
0: they kill anybody? Uh, no, they shot some guy, I think, multiple times, but he's alive, like, as far as a, we know. Like,
1: someone who is involved in this or what? Like, or just who... a Biden.
0: Greg, who knows? Yeah, <laughs> right. Right. they shot a guy time. in a car, and I'm sure, according to them, he's uh, a kingpin, and they've seen is,
1: so this. This is a perfect example. You know, this is this is exactly um, that like epic quote from Sean Scott at that um, Spog forum. Uh, oh, oh, there's a shooting. Well, well, who was the shooter? Was it some unknown person, or was it SPD? you know well yeah and yeah i mean it's it, you know i what you're saying there is like when before anyone knew the details it, the hype mm-hmm. was it's two shootings it's bedlam downtown and now it's there was this one shooting and yep. uh never mind about that other one don't look into it you
0: know yeah when well, it shows that we actually don't care about well it's not a useful tool of
1: this brutal gentrification
0: yeah, yeah. Re- regime yeah. in fact it um
1: you know it Uh, makes the police the like foot soldiers in that brutal gentrification regime look fucking stupid and bad and evil and um in a general sense and the the first one makes um young black men and you know the others of our society look bad and evil and and uh suspect you know
0: Yeah, yeah, and I knew it's good that you bring up the Sean Scott quote, because one, this is it coming to life, but two, it shows that... In a day. Yeah, and when it comes to the editorial board and all these people trying to gin up a crime panic or whatever, they actually don't care about shootings, right? Like, shootings aren't a problem, right? People getting shot is not a problem, you know? Like, when when the right people do it, they don't care, right? Uh, I will say the true, like, when it really hit high froth was shortly after the uh, shooting on 3rd, the Seattle PD released on Twitter, uh, and uh, their Facebook page as well, two photos of the supposed suspects, right, in the shooting, both of which were young black men, and that is when it really hit high froth, too. So, I mean, all the elements just came together, right, to show you what this is really about in the end. Yeah. Yeah. You know, really fucking gross. Um, You know, I just want to give you a couple other things from this editorial. And then uh, I think I think we got to hear from the people, the man on the street here in a second. But I really like this little bit from uh, the Seattle Times editorial board. Workers, residents, business groups and this editorial board have been demanding criminal justice reforms to address crime spikes directly and indirectly related to drugs for more than a year. That's weird. How come another council people got elected?
1: If this is what people
0: are demanding,
1: (laughs) yeah, that's fucking hilarious. Oh my god!
0: I mean, just unbelievable. And so
1: their big thing is: there's no straw. There's no straw men in this situation. Okay, like yes, people are demanding. It's just (laughs) like some fucking landlords and fucking business owners, like i guess they're people technically but you know um to say that yeah uh and what we know and we know and it is a current you know a reactionary uh current in the city generally but we know from the last election that it is one that ultimately is small and has is given a enormously outsized voice and power um even though they're small. And this is this is the country at large. Like this is what, yeah. you know, we were talking about in the last episode of these fucking people who elected Trump happily are maybe 20% of the country. And in Seattle, these people who are fucking obsessed about this shit about, you know, crime who are, uh, fearful of losing anything of that they've just like accidentally lucked into in their incredible home values and like the the order they that they are um, that they benefit from, uh, you know, uh, they're not actually that many people, but the the entire system that is currently in power in government and media is lar- The default is to, um uh cater to their needs because they're also they happen to be aligned with capital with business with the corporations in seattle with the uh you know landlords in seattle so you have this political current this reactionary fucking gentrifying um you know police state current that is really serves uh capital interests that that there are people who will also parrot the same shit that serves that uh, because, you know, because they're dumb and rich and uh, you can find a handful of them. And I think it's probably, you know, um, you know, less than 20 percent.
0: Yeah. And just to sort of close out on the times, yeah, I just want to kind of give a couple of the like just bizarro world you know, comments they make. Uh, bizarre just to the fact that they're contradictory uh, uh you know for the uh the people that you're referring to right in your previous statement uh these you know this this just hits their brain in just the right way but uh you know they complain about you know obviously an overly indulgent city council Look, uh indulgent. and they, yeah that's that's their quote overly indulgent oh, you yeah. uh they complain that they uh, considered defunding probation officers, Well, it sounds like they didn't do it. But whatever. But the thing is, the main thing is they complain that they, uh, the, the the you know pussies on the city council won't get you know the cops and uh, the vigilantes down into these areas. But then immediately after complaining about that, they then say police responded to the shooting within fifteen seconds, which tells me <laughs> they're fucking there, right? <laughs> fuck off oh my god that is so fucking
1: that is so perfect yeah but we know it's insane to say that the police like are not uh you know in control of these neighborhoods we're overrun with fucking cops um but i I mean even more sinister and disgusting than that the indulgent city council Mm -hmm. what what a picture are they trying to paint what they're saying is they're indulging uh, certain uh, criminal elements, unwanted populations, like, oh, ho- ho- they're very indul- indulgent of uh, indigent, unhoused people. They're uh, indulgent of um, black youth who they've allowed to uh, remain on uh, Third and Pine while all other sort of traditional neighborhoods have been. Uh, cleared and held for gentrification. Uh, that's fucking disgusting. Yeah. Like, implication: oh, yeah. if you're un, if you are unduly indulgent of something, uh, the implication is that that uh, something is bad and actually needs punishment. You know. So what oh. they're saying we are not punishing the least of our society enough.
0: Well, funny you bring that up because uh, pigs so the editorial comes in this also demands a commitment by city attorney Pete Holmes and King County prosecutor Dan Satterberg to aggressively enforce crimes related to drug activity, which they again uh, imply like all police do uh you know that apparently we do, that there is no you know <laughs> drug enforcement happening in the city i will point out earlier that morning the police literally fired <laughs> multiple rounds into a car as part of a i mean drug stink what more enforcement do you want right but uh so yeah i mean this is literally every bit as gross and like pretty much obviously like racist on its face as any and just like you know and just like about poor removal on its face uh as any editorial that i've had to read from the 1980s about policing or anything like that so you know progressive seattle give yourself a big pat on the back for that
1: (laughs) absolutely disgusting but it goes to show i think the way that you know we can we i think we on the like sort of the liberal left you know for years have decried the ineffectiveness of the drug war you know how we've spent mm-hmm. all this money it, at home and abroad you know militarizing police and and the DEA abroad and and you know imprisoning all these people and it just hasn't been effective because you know all this cruelty and expense has actually just put a lot of people in prison and damaged communities and it hasn't helped people with a drug problem what we need is you know treatment and uh legalization and bringing people inside and this is all true but it misses the actual point you know the drug war was never about getting people off drugs it was never about uh shutting down the drug business bringing down the cartels it was always about uh, punishing and controlling and destroying the power of uh, unwanted communities, Uh, particularly of black America, when uh, it started to rise up in power in this country, uh, barely. And and this is what, you know, this is that now. That's why you can see this totally incongruous fascist shit, the... Seattle Times is spouting that makes no fucking actual sense is because its actual purpose is just to continue the basic course of dehumanizing people and being able to heavily police them with the objective of lo- of killing them or locking them, them away in prison.
0: Yeah, well, and I mean, uh, it's no coincidence that that the drug war coincides exactly with the move towards, you know, fiscal austerity and things like uh, forced recessions in 1980 and things like that uh, in order to cry, you know, break the backs of the unions and stuff like that uh there was this
1: black power in america
0: oh yeah yeah well there was radical movements that needed to be tamed they were tamed through you know assassination programs through cointelpro and then through mass imprisonment and then simultaneously i think they realized at some point too that they were about to create a massive unemployed population and the solution was to put them all in prison you know yeah i mean this Um, is
1: neoliberalism in a nutshell when you you, when capital says we're paying these people too much, we need to uh, break the back of labor. And as Paul Volcker said in, uh, in the Carter administration, the uh, standard of living of the American worker needs to drop. Um, yeah, you you save capital a bunch of money as they're uh, finding the their rates of profit declining. Uh, save them on labor, but you create this. Other problem, which is uh, a surplus population um, of poor unemployed people who you have to do something with, and the solution is fascism. It's a police state. And that, I mean, that's the history of the last 50 years of this fucking country, and it's exactly what um, all this shit we've been talking about for two years in Seattle on this podcast, and all these fucking elections, and this fucking right wing reaction to the homeless population uh yeah that's what it's neoliberalism it's fascism it's uh it's repression
0: yeah yeah exactly well uh i think you know it's a you know look i'm sure people like to listen to our opinions all day but the seattle times actually did us a favor and created a special letter section just for this event so we could hear from the average man on the street. Oh
1: my god, was about, it like, like uh, insert in the paper like in color? <laughs> like
0: <laughs> it was in color because it was all uh they wrote letters in and then Crayon. they were interp they were interpreted by uh what's his face their political cartoonist over there. He, <laughs> you know, he did a... Horsey. Yeah, yeah, he did a visual interpretation. Um so I just kind of want to, uh, we're not going to read through all these. I'm going to give you sort of the best bits and pieces of some of them. And then we have one special write-in that I feel like we got to give full attention to. Is it a cop? Um, what's that? Is it a cop? Oh, Greg, it is not a cop, but it is great. Okay.
1: okay. All right. All right. I can't
0: wait. Uh, <laughs> um. So, The first person who uh, is published, the first letter they show is from Shoshana Driver. And I just think her opening paragraph, it just really captured me. So, uh, I have worked on Third Avenue since 1996. During this time, I watched Third Avenue become an open-air market of drugs and stolen goods. Oh, If only, right? (laughs) I I have... I have witnessed shoplifting at nearly every store stores closed due to shoplifting people defecate in the streets, people injecting heroin and untreated addiction and mental illness. My suburban friends have stopped coming downtown. <laughs> oh so, yeah. There's your thesis statement right there into your first cool. paragraph. Yeah. Uh, uh you know, I'm just
1: a lot of bullshit there. Um, First of all, I bet she's never witnessed shoplifting um, because <laughs> it's not something really you tend to witness. Um, something people do, you know, surreptitiously. Um, yeah, we've discussed at length. I think the myth of uh, stores closing because of shoplifting.
0: Anyway, um, yeah, I just, I just love the mice. I just really love that my suburban friends have stopped coming downtown. Yeah, that's so great.
1: Well, I mean, presumably she is suburban herself and commutes into the city. and oh, okay. Um, uh, whatever. I mean, yeah, she didn't mention that, you know, 3rd Ave also became a uh, bus-only street in that time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. No, absolute trash.
0: What I'll do you point out. Her friends moved to the suburbs to not go downtown, right? Too, so it's a little, just a little uh, disingenuous, I think. But all right, yeah. All right. Well, let's get to uh, my dude, uh, Stuart McGee. A real, this is a real everyman. I am the founder and an owner of Pacific Northwest Asset Management LLC, located in downtown cool. Seattle. <laughs> my wife and I are downtown Seattle residents. Criminals and thugs have laid claim to downtown and Durkin and Seattle police chief, Carmen Best have done little or nothing to thwart criminal activity that (laughs) I or any other brave Seattle citizen can witness night or day by walking 3rd Avenue between Pike and Pike.
1: Oh, you're so (laughs) brave. You're such a big boy. Oh, you remain down there even though it's been ceded to the criminals. What's funny about that is like, just goes to show that, Dirkin has absolutely no fucking constituency in this town.
0: The oh, no, she's dead in the water.
1: In would be absolute madness. I mean, holy shit. Like, when, when a reactionary, uh, basically conservative Republican mayor who calls themselves a Democrat, uh, whose answer to everything is cops, um, gets shit on like that by the fucking uh right-wing reactionary like uh bootlickers man like you're fucked
0: oh yeah and uh the big thing is because i've mentioned this about the police before which i mean she's done all sorts of like basically taken flack for seattle pd like really like done a lot of work to get them off the hook for uh you know not abiding by any part of the consent decree well, uh before including she before was she was yeah, yeah, and Walmere. But the funny yeah. part is, is that they fucking hate her. And that's the funniest part about the whole thing. Like, oh, they fucking can't stand her. <laughs> uh,
1: but, well, I guess, you know, here's the thing. Um, Yeah, it's, I mean, it, this is this weird breakdown of our politics. It's almost like when uh, it's this Democrat brain problem where you have these establishment Democrats in this city run as Democrats because it's a one party town. And it thinks of itself as progressive, as we might have mentioned once or twice. Um, But they're actually Republicans. They're they govern as Republicans, but try to they govern you know law and order fascism, but try to signal here and there and hand wave on some cultural shit, and you know be like, you know, be the nice, uh, the kinder gentler machine gun hand. Um, You you're really appealing to fucking no one. I mean, your ass is hanging out on the right because you are this kinder, gentler hand, because you talk with a, a, a soft voice about, um, law and order and beating back the criminals. And because you signal, um, on cultural issues and then, um, Nobody else fucking likes you because you're a fucking fascist. So, I mean, like, just what is, the, how, why does this uh, fucking strategy and ideology persist? Why do these fucking people are still running the fucking Democratic Party? And, like, you know, she's the perfect example of this entire strain of Democrat that was groomed to be fucking prosecutors to then, like, rise up and rule us, you know? oh no it's fucking amazing it's it's incredible to me like uh
0: god dude uh so our boy stewart he does you know conclude with uh my wife and i are fed up and we will not accept crime fecal matter drug dealing or use as simply a quirky part of down the downtown living experience no problem dude get the fuck out You got the money? Get the fuck out. um, Yeah,
1: of course. Like, (laughs) fuck off. But, no, I, I, I don't accept that either. You know, nobody does. Just like when your only thought is fucking punish and destroy these people because it's their personal. It's just a coincidence that thousands of people made personal choices to fuck up their entire lives all at the same fucking moment. And they all had to shit at the same time in the same place is like, uh, you know, I'm, uh, dude,
0: wh- people got to shit somewhere. Yeah, fuck. Oh, no, I mean, it's just disgusting. Fucking uh, miserable fucks. Oh yeah. There's later a person who complains that the homeless bring disease and they are ironically from Vashon Island, the least vaccinated place in Washington. (laughs) Um, They get one of those diseases and die. Yeah, They bring disease and
1: spread it amongst themselves and they die on the street because they're homeless. Um, (laughs) Because they don't have access to homes or medical care or the thing that prevent you from having fucking diseases, you piece of shit. Yeah, these people are the fecal matter in downtown. All right. And so I'd rather I'd rather I'd rather (laughs) step in human shit on the sidewalk than look into their eyes.
0: (laughs) Well, Greg, I want to read you one last letter before your head explodes. Uh, This letter is from one of Seattle's favorite sons. That's right. I'm talking Guns N' Roses bassist, Duff McKagan. The fuck? What? <laughs> uh, honestly, didn't know he was from Seattle. So, but apparently, um, so
1: Guns N' Roses. So he's really like, um, he's like a a
0: cool, tough dude, right? Oh yeah. Don't worry. That comes through in this letter. He is very tough. So watch <laughs> out, street toughs. All right. <laughs> oh god. I also put out Duff McKagan is like infamously uh fucking like or was a massive heroin user. So we're definitely going to get a lot of uh let's just say a, a little bit of uh fucking bullshit there, but anyways. Um so I'm a lifelong Seattleite. I have a history of drug and alcohol abuse, but I have been clean and sober for 25 years. I got with the Union Gospel Mission and have visited the jungle and talked to the homeless on a few occasions. And I'm aware oh, of the different hotspots in the city. Oh, you took so a first, safari. Fuck off. First off, you know he was just screaming at every homeless person he saw, welcome to the jungle. but the uh, But the thing is, is that I love this.
1: <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, that's the reason he went.
0: Oh, one hundred percent.
1: To the jungle, someone invited him down there so they could say to him, "Welcome to the
0: jungle." (laughs) Well, but I do love this because he begins by basically showing how he's better than these people by saying, "Like, look, I had a history of drug and alcohol abuse, and I got better." And it's like, yeah, I wonder if your tens of millions of dollars had anything to do with that.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I was only uh, addicted to heroin for. Gosh, 15 20 years and uh, I didn't end up homeless on the street and uh, you know, but I want all these people arrested and put in cages because they are addicted to heroin. That's what I love. The people the, the I'm clean and sober people now who have this reactionary outlook it's like it's always like listen, I was I was on the streets and addicted to opiates and i was shooting up with dirty needles for 23 years and then i got myself <laughs> clean <clears throat> but these people haven't done that yet uh so <laughs> yeah on my schedule <laughs>
0: uh,
1: uh it's like uh, i bet a, i bet a lot of them haven't actually been we re- i mean we read an article or some like something from someone who was just exactly like that it was like I want to, you know, throw away in prison these people who've been on the street for six months addicted to heroin, you know, because because they they made choices and I made good choices is why I'm clean and sober. I
0: can I can almost guarantee you that ninety nine point nine percent of the heroin addicts in Seattle, a where have been heroin addicts for less time than Duff McKagan was? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, uh, are are one tenth the junkie he fucking was. So. Yeah, no. because like um
1: yeah, most people addicted to heroin don't want to be. Uh, and I bet it fucking ruled for Duff, Duff McKagan for like a solid decade. Yeah, right. Like, because he yeah, has easy thing than to... the time and the lifestyle, like. Where, you know, he's like, yeah, this is part of how I party, (laughs) you know? uh,
0: So fuck you, dude. (laughs) What what a huge piece of shit. Well, maybe we've been too mean to him, though, because he's about to drop some knowledge on us.
1: Okay. All right. All
0: right. So I've spent the last 35 years traveling the planet and have become a student of how different cities operate and change over time. Two years ago. Oh, no, you're going to want to hear more. He's been
1: on a, been on a um, an educational listening tour. Uh, he's been doing research <laughs> traveling around the world. <laughs> what a fucking asshole. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Oh, I've that... seen other places. So, uh, you know, when I was on tour with Guns N' Roses, where I was probably fucking uh, wasted out of my mind most of the time.
0: Oh, yeah. One, like, he doesn't remember half of that. I was two, it was like
1: from bus to plane to hotel <laughs> yeah, so uh, by my handlers, you know? Like...
0: Yeah. Yeah. When I got on the bus, when I landed at the airport, got in the van, and they took me to just whatever, you know, arena named after the local pharmaceutical interest, we played a show, immediately got back on the van, back to the airport to plane. I learned a lot about the city in that yeah, time.
1: Yeah, but... But in each of those cities, I got a very distinct vibe off of each and every room service guy (laughs) that I have used to compile this theory about urbanism, which I'm about to drop on you.
0: (laughs) So two years ago, my band Guns N' Roses played in Seattle. That's funny. That must have been some sort of secret show. Uh, <laughs> one, <laughs> one of our security staff took a walk to the health and nutrition store, GNC downtown from our hotel and came back shaken up and all of his travels. And we go he to some. Pretty- he doesn't
1: mention that he sent him out to get him stuff. Oh, so he didn't have 100%. to tell him go to a store. 100% oh, shit. What a fucking prick.
0: Oh, yeah. Wait so a minute.
1: I'll... He's a lifelong Seattleite who was staying in a hotel in Seattle.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, you got it. <laughs> you were starting like, to unravel hey, uh, the mystery.
1: My security dude, um, go do my shopping for me so I don't have to do anything a normal human has to do in their daily life. And then <laughs> tell me what happened to you while you did that. And I will use that to formulate a theory of how cities work. This guy is fucking incredible
0: Well uh, this is my favorite part That's coming up next Which is in all of his travels And we go to some pretty bad cities I thought thought it was Duff's travels We were talking about
1: (laughs) We started this fucking shit It was around (laughs) his travels Now we're talking about Oh see my cousin uh, (laughs) My cousin the security guard Man uh, He gets laid in every city In the world
0: (laughs) Well, unfortunately for Duff, he uh, didn't venture out into the city, so he didn't get to have a Seattle experience. Only the only the security guard buying his GNC protein shakes was able to have uh, the urban experience. But Duff you did look, it all the other cities, so we're
1: got to have his right, like you know, balance of nutrients before he goes on and does a set. You know,
0: yeah, exactly. So in all of his travels, and we go to some pretty bad cities he'd never seen anything like downtown Seattle. And this particular individual is a large and very physically able man who served as the... I am a fay dork. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't matter. Large and very physically able man who served in the U.S. Army Special Forces. So he was an <laughs> awesome. operator,
1: awesome. dude. An <laughs> operator on the team. Hell yeah. yeah.
0: He was an operator, and the homeless were just launching fucking rocket prope- propelled grenades at him like Mogadishu. <laughs> he was just like, no, it's happening again. You know, jumping by dumpsters. <laughs> Don't go out
1: there. Don't go out there. you will get PTSD like I have. It's like <laughs> out there
0: i mean this has every element of a fucking lie
1: (laughs) oh my god he's not even dude he's not even really trying to lie though because he's telling a story about another dude he's like my friend yeah my cool friend did this cool thing
0: yeah well your operator uh security guard is definitely the large adult son for guys and bands basically (laughs) you know um Uh My dad is
1: in the special forces and he says Seattle is the scariest city he's ever seen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Seattle is the only city in the world that I take a knife with me downtown. When I go to my gym or take my family to the theater, uh, dinner,
1: do you? So, uh, let me get this straight. You, um, Oh, I guess he does live in Seattle, so he doesn't have to get his knife on the plane. So when he gets, when the tour comes through Seattle, they first stop off at his house. He gets his downtown Seattle knife.
0: Yeah, his bug out kit for Seattle.
1: (laughs) And then he goes to the hotel that he stays at.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because he's a Seattleite, so he has to stay at a hotel when they're playing here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, in,
0: uh,
1: yeah, downtown Baghdad. Okay, yeah.
0: I, I'm just picturing him like a real knife guy with this like very comical. He just walking around downtown with it. Uh, yeah, what a I've, fucking I've, dork!
1: I've heard his like big like husky operator security guard is like, yeah, oh yeah, that you should carry that to protect you, and he just like humoring him, like um, <laughs> like he, he's not gonna go anywhere without his big muscle.
0: <laughs> All right, well. So he uh, concludes, something has to be done here. This is enough. More police, no open drug zone. I implore Jenny Durkin to make Seattle's downtown a place of safety. Seattle is my city.
1: More police to arrest addicts and put them somewhere else outside of society like should have been done to me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know he, honestly when he says it like that he's kind of winning me over no, a little no, bit no, but i think oh, you should do God, that to duff McKagan. If,
1: instead of <laughs> right, like having toured for the last many years and written this um letter to the editor duff mckagan had just been rotting in prison for the entire 21st century i'm here for it i'm yeah great if i could go back in time uh, and what <laughs> happened. He was just languishing in solitary confinement on a uh on a drug charge. um I think that would be fucking rad, <laughs> and we'd better. We would. This would be a better world.
0: <laughs> so I like this too because he finally his last sentence is just "Seattle is my city," and it's gotten way past the point of being scary. So it combines the two things of the. You're just a completely ira-
1: pussy, duff. You are yeah. a fucking pussy. There is not a oh. single block of the city of Seattle that I will not perfectly comfortably walk down at any fucking hour of the day.
0: Well, I will point uh, out that friend friend of the show, Chris, uh, Chris Peguero, was uh, posting tweets of him walking around downtown Seattle, just tweeting, uh, didn't have to bring a knife. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, give me a break. <laughs> but,
1: Oh, oh, man, you know, well,
0: but but uh, I love, I mean, but Duff McKagan, he he perfectly encapsulates rich people's attitudes, right? In that Seattle is my city. When I go to my gym... (laughs) You know all that. Yeah. I mean, it's that. You know, uh, why can't we just drop a neutron bomb on downtown and get rid of all the yeah. derelicts? That yeah. I don't have to and look I mean, at. The real right? thing is,
1: I mean, he is a huge pussy. I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, back down from that. Well, that goes without but saying. We actually know, like, what this rhetoric is about. I mean, it's childish and like, it's dumb. But this is like, you know, an idiot child, um, making an argument, um. Because the real aim here, again, is gentrification. It's get rid of the dirty people, the brown people, the indigent people who shit on the sidewalk, because this is my city and I want it to be a, pr- a pristine playground for me, rich guy, rich white mm-hmm. head. Um, but the argument then is, it's so, like, how do I get across that this is such a dangerous situation? I know. Um, it's so dangerous that I'm a huge pussy now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so, yeah. it's so dangerous that I have to carry a knife around this choice that I made as a giant fucking pussy. But yeah, it, it's just truly unbelievable. And coming from such just a giant piece of shit, like, uh, un-fucking-believable. Un- but uh, I do awesome like... I do like that he worries about taking his family to the theater. Do you think he's worried that, uh, you know, he might have like a Cape Crusader son in his future or something? Like uh, he's going to get Batman to Denali? Cause that'd be funny. Um, but yeah. So, uh, sort of closing out here, uh, we don't need to hear that whole page is literally just that tone over and over and over again. From literally not a. I guarantee every single person on that editorial page, on that letters page is a fucking millionaire and fuck them. Uh, that being said, uh, don't fall for it. They're just ginning up fear. Obviously nobody reads the Seattle times. so It's not a big deal, but, uh, the Swedish strike that we talked about in the free episode is still happening this week, all this week. Yeah. Make sure you guys go down and support them. Uh, also, uh, they have fucking scabs working down there and they're less than fucking human and they deserve every awful thing that happens to them in fucking life. Never be a fucking scab. If you see any of those scabs, throw fucking things at them, shove them, do whatever you have to do. Uh, I've talked to the Seattle. I talked to our lawyer and she told me it's okay that I can say that.
1: Uh, You know, it's interesting you say that. (laughs) I just, I wonder though, This is a conversation that probably needs to be had if we're going to actually start having labor action and strikes, if we're going to grow that as a movement. I wonder if, um, I think tactically shaming these people, yelling at them, telling them they suck for doing this is, you know, maybe makes sense. But like at the same time, you got to think for a minute like nobody in this country anymore even understands what a labor movement is understands labor power knows what a strike is for so i can see a lot of these people getting a call for a job coming in and even kind of maybe vaguely hearing they're coming in to replace workers are striking really just having no political education about this so there may be i hate i yeah, know where you we usually take the hard line here but i mean And, you know, please push back on me on this. This, I'm just like, would like to discuss this stuff at some point. Um, You know, it may be in a different paradigm when unions were very large and strong and everyone knows the deal, what a strike is for. That being a scab is turning your back on those, your fellow worker um, and hurting them and hurting their strike because, you know, but I, I don't think we have that political education in this country, so this may be an opportunity to, um, to take those scabs aside as they come in and out of the building and educate them and like drop some knowledge on them, um, without necessarily being too judgmental, because I think this strike can still ultimately in this situation can still be effective, um, despite the fact that they got these. Um, uh, replacement workers in. Um, I mean, Hey, if you can prevent them from coming in and out of the building altogether by, you know, with a picket line, great, but spitting on them, kicking them, (laughs) throwing them off a cliff, like, you know, maybe when we've, um, educated politically educated America about what the, what solidarity is and a labor movement would mean. Um, you know, maybe we can wait till then for that. I don't know what you think about that.
0: Greg treating them badly is educating them. Okay. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> um, so at I some point they have to learn bad. that this is a bad.
1: <laughs> well, I, I think yeah, I think showing I think showing them that you're angry that it's serious, um, that they are making them pariahs and making them ask themselves, wait, why the fuck are they mad at me? I think is yeah is is definitely warranted. Uh all right, man, I gotta go. Um I gotta go uh pick up Carl. Uh
0: who's just all right, say to bye to everybody. Yep, Greg's yeah. gotta go back into his bunker. Uh we'll go ahead and close out there. Uh Greg, why don't you say bye and I'll close out the show.
1: Okay, bye bye. <laughs>
0: all right well that's been another episode of uh the seattle suckers report hopefully next week colin uh will be resurrected like jesus was and uh take over the show again so that uh somebody else can organize it and mix it and handle the technology basically do all the work because i don't want to do it and i don't think greg wants to do it either you're here so uh yeah yeah so colin we miss you uh we will be uh praying to the elder gods to resurrect you i will be pouring blood into plants inside my house uh and some sort of sacrifice uh other than that we don't have any new patreons or anything like that so uh do better as always and well uh, thank
1: you again to everyone who donated to the um send greg away fund um some other you know donations have come in kind as well um but uh it's you know it's paying for uh uh re- you know this rental car that's getting me and other people around um it's paying for uh you know lots of stuff that's helping people come out and be effective out here so um yeah cool thank you again for that
0: yeah yeah and bernie's gonna win Hopefully. all right guys well yeah we'll see y'all later bye yeah.